0: Good morning, and welcome to the River of Life Sunday Morning Podcast. If you're local to Wakulla County, we'd love to see you and worship with you in person. Our service times are Sunday at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. God bless you, and we hope you enjoy the sermon.
1: We haven't been able to do this in a while, but we're going to do it this morning. I'm going to ask the men of the church to come and join me at the altar, and we're going to pray together. And I just want to say, it is so, so good to see this many men in the house of God. Men, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Brian Blackwell, would you lead us?
0: Congregation, if you would just extend your hand toward the men up front. Father God, thank you for this time. We know that this is how you like to see us down here at your altar in your church, humble before you. Father, I would ask that you would ask that you would make us bold. We want to be bold for you, Lord. We want to be leaders. We want to be men of value in our community, in our church, and certainly in our families. Father, we want to pour out our best for you, not just today, not just tomorrow, but always. Help us to be men that pour out our best for you. Father of late, we've had a lot of truth among our men in this church who have brought forth addictions that have been chains in their lives that they want to get rid of. Father, we lay these addictions before you now. Help us to be overcomers in you and in your word. You are the only one that can make a way, and we trust you today to do just that, Lord. Father, help us to understand that these are times of great opportunity For us men of God. These are times of opportunity for us men of God. Our season to build up heaven has arrived. Every moment of our lives has destined us for this very hour. For this very hour Lord. We thank you for your love and for your grace and for your power. Lastly Lord. Help all of my brothers that are down here humble before you today to absolutely positively refuse to ever play church. We do not want to be men of God that play church and get dressed up and go through the motions. This is not what this is about. We want to be sold out for you, Lord. Sold out for you. Father, help us. Guide us. We love you, Lord, and we lift you high today. Be with our brother as he brings the message today. Help us to have open ears and hearts. Again, thank you for the sight before my eyes of the men of our church humbly before you. In your precious, your holy, and your awesome name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. have your bibles you can turn with me to proverbs chapter 4 proverbs chapter 4 there was a a girl by the name of Tammy and Tammy had grown up in the church I mean she had attended all the the children's functions when she was younger she started attending the youth functions as she turned into a youth but The interesting thing about Tammy, she wasn't, quote, unquote, the prettiest girl in the room. And she may have not have been the most slimmest girl in the room. And because of some things she saw on social media, she was trying to figure out how to identify who she was and make herself better. So she did what most teenage girls are doing today. She started vaping. And the reason she started vaping was to not gain weight but to lose weight. And so she started vaping, trying to to look better for some guy that would find an attraction in her. And, And she just felt like this was her only hope and her only answer to make herself more beautiful and to fit in. So sure enough, her vaping helped her to lose some weight, but she still couldn't really find a crowd to fit in. And finally she found this somewhat questionable crowd, and she found a boy. And she finally found someone who would maybe... Like her for the way she was. Unfortunately, this boy only wanted one thing from her. And of course, to be loved, Tammy gave it to him. And shortly after, he broke her heart. During this time, she was attending church faithfully. Not really praying. Not really reading the Bible. And now, all of a sudden, she's brokenhearted. Her life has pretty much come to an end. And rather than seeking the Lord earnestly... She just sank more into depression, trying to figure out how to make it in life. And then she was introduced to a so-called friend that introduced her to alcohol. And the alcohol was great because it helped her to forget that man that had broke her heart. The problem was, was she couldn't remember what she did the night before. And sooner or later, the alcohol got worse as she drank more and more, and it no longer gave her the feeling that she needed So she turned to something else drugs and the whole time she was going to church trying to pray but couldn't pray trying to read the Bible but wasn't just really getting to her and she came to the place in her life where she said this must be what life is all about and this is just who I am and this is who my life is going to be. I'm just going to be a lonely depressed person trying to cope with life through drinking, through vaping, through drugs to make it through. I know that sounds sad. But too many people today are feeding into Tammy's lifestyle. They drink. They vape. They do drugs. They eat. They sleep. They excessively work. They buy things over and over. They look at pornography All to try to fulfill a void that's in their life. Trying to escape some pressures in their life. Trying to escape the hurt and the loneliness in their life. And they're caught right there. And what's even more what we call sad is that a lot of those people sit in church today. You're here today. And you think that's the way life is supposed to be. You attend but you are doing things you shouldn't be doing. And the reason you're doing those things is because that's the only way you know how to cope with life. Obviously, when we get up to preach, we all have a message that will change your life. But I really feel in my heart this morning that if you listen very closely to the message I'm going to give you, it will change your very life from this day forward. And the reason why I know that, because it has changed my very life. And if you will listen, you will find out the title of my message this morning is who has your heart? Who has your heart? That's just simple. And we'll know who has your heart by the road that you're traveling down. Listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I wish I could say there was one special word that fit in this whole verse. But to be honest, this whole verse is special. First of all, notice the word above all else. You know what that means? Above all else. Above anything and everything we ever do in life, we need to guard our heart. You know why we need to guard our heart? (laughs) Because the Bible tells us it's desperately wicked and deceitful of all things. Who can trust it? We need to guard our heart. And why? Because it will determine the course of your life. Some of you can testify this morning that you've been down a dead end road because you were led by your heart and your heart led you astray. (laughs) Now you don't have to do this, but you can look to the person to your left and the person right and they're guilty just like you are, just like I am. We have all let our heart get the best of us. We have allowed our feelings to control our lives and our bodies and it's really caused more damage than good. And so the greatest, wisest person of all, Solomon, says, what you need to do above all else is guard your heart. So let's ask ourselves a question this morning. Who or what has your heart? Be honest. Who or what has your heart? And you'll know what or who has your heart. It's by the things that you do. See, if loneliness or hurt has your heart, you're going to do anything and everything you can to avoid this and not allow this feeling to overcome your life. That's who has your heart. And you'll do everything the world asks you to do. And then the next question is how much does it have your heart? Do you wake up every morning? with this running through your brain? Do you go to bed every night with it going through your brain, trying to figure out how do I escape this? How do I get away from this? Two weeks ago, I had the privilege of taking um, my family and some young adults to what they call the Hourglass Escape Room. It's up in Tallahassee. It's a neat thing. If you've never been to the Hourglass Escape Room up on Southwest, Southeast uh, Capital Circle, it's neat. They put you in this room And you've got one hour to figure out how to get out. Or you've got an hour to figure out who was the murderer. And that's the whole point. And they just throw you in the room. And then you've got one hour to figure it out. Could you imagine if you're competitive being in a room one hour with eight adults trying to figure out clues on how to get out? So you can figure that talk goes back and forth. We repeat the same things over and over trying to figure out the clues we need. And let me tell you what, as the time was winding down, the emotions were rising. As the time was going down, the blood pressure goes up. All because we know we have one hour and the last thing we want to do is fail. We want to be able to get out of this. And of course, as much as we didn't want to, we had to raise our hand and get help. Now, we got out. I think it was a little after the hour, but we got out. But if we were going to be honest this morning, there's a lot of us that are, we're trapped and we're so desperately trying to escape. We're looking into the wrong things. We're asking the wrong people. We're going to the wrong places. We're doing the wrong things because we're trying to escape. It's almost like those TV shows where you see those people when they're going to defuse a bomb. And, you know, they don't. Is it the red? Is it the green? Is it the blue? Is it the yellow? Which one do I do? What do you think? What do you think? Oh, please tell me. And of course, you know, always in the TV shows, they cut it at the very last second. But some of you are just that way in life. You wake up every morning trying to figure out, how do I live my life? How do I fix this problem? How do I go about doing this? Where, where does this fit in? How, how do I get away from this issue in my life? And you're so desperately in your mind trying to escape this thing. You know what was so neat about this hourglass escape room I guarantee if we went back through it today I could go through it in five minutes you know why because I know where everything's at and I know all the answers I don't have to look for them anymore because I have them we're too busy trying to find life trying to escape our tragedies trying to get through life looking for the answers when we already have them it's called the love of Jesus and the word of God and if you will know that your life will be different so, would it be fair for the Bible to say, above all else, guard your heart and not tell us how to guard our heart? I mean, that wouldn't be right, would it? I'm going to give you four actions to take this morning that if you'll do these four things, your life is going to drastically change. For you see, my child, pay attention to what I say, listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep in your heart. For those who find them will have life. And their total body will be healed. That sounds good, doesn't it? That's Proverbs 4, 20 and 21. Look at the verse. Four things. This is what Solomon tells us before he tells us to guard our heart. My child... Number one, pay attention to what I say. Number two, listen carefully. Number three, don't lose sight. And number four, let them penetrate deep in your heart. So first, pay attention. I don't think we have too much of a problem paying attention at River of Life. But let's be honest. Has there ever been a time in your life when you've read a page out of a book and you got to the end of the page and you go, I don't even have a clue what I just read. Do, do you do that? I, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm the only one, but there's been times I've read a whole page and go, what did I just read? Have you sat in a class at school? Have you sat in a Bible study class? Have you, please don't say yes if you've sat in a, in a church service and you say, I don't remember what a word they said. I hope not. <laughs> but it's, ama- it's amazing how we can be distracted From not paying attention. It's amazing what gets our attention. And what we're told here. Is that we really. Really need to pay close attention. To the Lord. We need to focus on him. Do you realize there shouldn't be a decision. That you ever make. That you shouldn't consult the Lord about. Holy Spirit I got to make some decisions today. Please help me. Holy Spirit what do I do in this situation. Holy Spirit teach me what I do here. We've got to learn to pay attention. We're all guilty. And I know we're all guilty because we're all human. But here we're told, pay attention. It's kind of like this. Some of us are a little older, but some of you, you, you teenage boys will understand this completely. And you teenage girls, let that good looking girl walk in the room and watch every young man's head go. Am I wrong? Ladies, don't feel bad. You're the same way. Don't even go there. We know you let some good looking man walk in the room and your eyes will naturally just you fix your eyes. And that's what we're, you know how you pay attention to the Lord. You fix your eyes on him and you keep your eyes on him. If we will fix our eyes on Jesus, we'll pay attention to him. I mean, think about that. You could run into the road and get run over if you're, following somebody just fixing your eyes on them hey we see it in the animal kingdom you when animals start getting to the place excuse me they start going into heat man male animals will get run over and killed because they're too busy focused on that one thing am I lying well it's in the human world too but I was trying to be gracious this morning Ladies, I'm sorry if, if that's not happening in your life. Ask my wife. I'm, I'm, we've been married 23 years and man, I am, I'm sorry. You men missed out. I've got the best. I'm sorry. But fix. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Listen, Hebrews 12:2 makes it so clear. It's fixing our eyes on Jesus. What? He is the. Perfected, author and the perfector, the author and finisher of our faith. Wait a minute. If Jesus is the one that started me and created me, and he's the one that's going to be there when I'm going to be ending, wouldn't it just be wise me as a human being to fix my eyes on Jesus? If Jesus is there from the beginning to the end, I need to fix my eyes on him. So this morning, don't get caught up in what I call spiritual attention deficit disorder. Focus on the Lord, because if you will focus on him, he will lead you and guide you in every area of your life. Number two, we need to listen carefully. Going back to this hourglass escape room, there was this moment where we had to listen to somebody talk. And the problem is they kind of gave directions, but it really wasn't directions. You had to listen. And I think there were four different people in our group that listened to this phone call And nobody got it right. Finally, the fifth person heard it, and we we did what was told, and it went through. Well, how did four people listen to it and not get it right? Because they didn't listen carefully. Church, if we don't listen carefully, we're going to mess up. You can sit in a church. You can sit under a pastor, and if you don't listen carefully, you're going to mess up. This is kind of my freebie for you this morning. Some of you are listening to pastors that aren't telling you the complete truth. Let me tell you what, when a preacher tells you something right out of God's word, but it contradicts something completely in the other part of God's word, then you know it's a lie. And so often we're told, why don't you live like this, behave like this, act like this, and you're okay. Because why? Because if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Well, see, there we go. I can confess my sin and I'm okay. But what they failed to tell you, that in Hebrews 6 says, if we willfully continue to sin, there will be no, no what? Anybody know? We will not be forgiven. There will be no covering for our sin. See, he failed to tell you that or she failed to tell you that. So when we listen to the word of God, you better make sure that whatever is being taught from God's word, that it lines up from Genesis or actually from the appendix all the way to the maps. We'll go that far. okay? And we're listening to the wrong things. And because we're listening to the wrong things, it's causing us to have problems so often we try to fit god into our life it'll never work you realize that you cannot fit god into your life but if you'll put your life in the lord it'll make all the difference in the world here's how you know when you're trying to put god in your life pastor i'm trying my best i'm doing this i'm doing that i'm doing i'm doing i'm trying i'm 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 you're trying If you'll learn to say, you know what? I surrender all. Today, I'm going to place my faith in the Lord. Today, I'm going to listen to what he wants me to do. And when I listen to what he wants me to do, then I will succeed in whatever I'm doing. If I will listen to what the Lord tells me to do, I will be victorious in what he tells me to do. Rather than putting God in your life, let's put our lives into the Lord. We've got to learn to listen carefully. Listen to this passage of scripture found in Psalms 29 4. the voice of the Lord is powerful, powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The most wonderful sound in all of creation is what? The Lord. Let me tell you what, if you're if you're caught this morning, if you're tired of being beating your head over and over in the addictions, you're suffering the addictions, you're going through then listen to the voice of the Lord. And if you will listen closely to his voice, it will be the most wonderful sound in all of creation. And the more you listen to the Lord, the easier it gets to identify his voice and to follow him. And there's nothing better in all creation. Those of you who don't know, sometimes I like to be a little bit of a jokester. I like to have a little bit of fun. So the other day, I was, um, I was at a place, and um, the phone rang. And when I looked down at the phone, uh, I, I told the individual all this. I said, let me answer the phone. Can I answer the phone? And they slid the phone and unlocked it. I just picked up the phone, and I said, hello, beautiful. And then there was a deathly silent on the other end. Because what happened, he was expecting to hear his wife. And instead, he heard me. And then about 10 seconds later, he started laughing and said, okay, that's good. He was, ex- he, he was listening for that sound of that angelic voice, which I don't have. <laughs> Do, well, Todd, I may have it. I don't know. But <laughs> I was getting my hair cut and Angie, Angie was cutting my hair the other day. And I said, let me answer the phone. Todd and I are good friends. And that, that pause was just perfect for me because I thought, yep, you're, you're waiting for her voice. Let me tell you what. When you listen for the Lord, when He speaks, your ears will just raise up. There is no greater sound in all the world than the Lord's voice. That He wants to speak to you. He wants to infill you. He wants to direct you. He wants to guide you. So listen, we need to pay careful attention. We need to listen closely. Three is that we don't need to lose sight. That's what He says. Don't lose sight. What, what do you mean by don't lose sight? Is that you... Don't lose sight. You you meditate on it. You memorize it. You you have it ingrained in your mind. It's kind of like when you go on a road trip and you've never been there. I know we have GPS now on our phones, but listen, you still have to listen and follow where you're going because if you ignore it, you get lost. And if you get lost, more than likely you're going to be on the wrong side of town. And what we need to do in order to keep our eyes on the Lord is that we need to learn to meditate on his word. Just that simple. We live in a day and time where we no longer want to be mused. The word muse means to meditate, and you can find that in various passages of Scripture in the Bible. We no longer want to muse. We no longer want to meditate. The word we want to do is be amused, which is just the opposite. We want to be entertained. And there's nothing wrong with being entertained as long as the entertainment is not encapsulating all of your life. And that's what's happening right now. We do not have the discipline to meditate on the word of God anymore. We don't have, we'll say we don't have the time. It's not really we don't have the time, we don't have the discipline. We spend too much time here. I'm too worried about what so-and-so is doing and I'm not doing Let me tell you what, church. I'm the tech guy and I'm not on social media much. You know why I'm not on social media much? I don't really need to be on social media. I really don't. Because usually people who do social media, they want to tell you where they're going, where they've been, what big things they have now. Listen, I understand if God's blessed you and you've got a wonderful dog and a wonderful cat and a wonderful kid, that's great. But too many of us get on this thing and said, I need to be like them. That's what I need to have. That's what I need. And you fixate on this because you're amused by it. Really what we need to do when we go on social media is say, this is the word the Lord gave me today. It's helped my life. Hopefully it'll help yours. That's just that simple. Listen, I'm glad if you're rich and you have wonderful things, good. If you've gone to Hawaii and the moon and Timbuktu, great. Great. But for those of you who haven't, don't feel jealous. Don't feel jealous. What we need to do is saturate our world with not with all the bragging rights of everything we have, but what the Lord is doing in our life. That's it. But we're too busy being amused rather than being mused. And it's time we learn to hide the word of God in our heart. You should do this all the time. So I, I don't know why it's it's um it's it's just gonna be your day. That's all I can tell you, Todd. So but I'm bragging on you, okay? So don't feel bad. So I play a lot of golf with Todd. And one of the things that Todd Meyer does, in case you don't know, Todd Meyer is one of our board members, but Todd is always, and I repeat, always singing worship songs while we're playing golf now I don't think he does that because he wants to try to detour me or detract me I don't think he does that's just what the Lord is doing in his life you know what's nice about it I've gotten to the place now when we go to play golf I'm listening what are you singing today because I want to sing it with you of course I don't sing it with him because I don't want to make him cry or run away but you know but that is so neat. See, I watch things. And one of the things you do is I, yesterday when we were playing, I watched you. You're just singing the praise songs as we're going playing golf. You know why? Because he's meditating on that word. And that word is just in his mind, saturating his body. Guys, meditate. Listen, if we want our lives to change, and we really do, we've got to pay attention we got to listen carefully. we got to start allowing that word to meditate in our life and change us. Listen to what this says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. This was told to Joshua as he's getting ready to lead the children of Israel. He said, Be strong and be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Why? Do not deviate from them, turning them either to the left or the right. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. That's it. Four actions. We listen carefully. We pay attention. We meditate. And last, we let them penetrate deep within our heart. Now I want you to pay attention And listen very closely to what I'm about to tell you. Do you realize just reading your Bible and memorizing a verse won't change your life? You realize that? Do you know how I know that? Philippians 4.13 says, I can do what? All things through Christ who strengthens me. See, I heard everybody, pretty much everybody in this building say that. Yet a lot of you today are captured with addictions. So therefore you don't believe that God can do all things in your life. See, just hearing it and, and, and memorizing it will not change your life. It's got to take a deep root within you to change you. And, and that's what really makes the difference in our lives. It's, it's kind of like, and we've all done this. You, know, you remember what it was like when you were in school and you were taking a test? And the night before you studied real good? And then the next day, you probably couldn't remember half of what you studied, but at least you got by on the test. But there were certain things that just got deep within you that you've never forgotten. For instance, if you've ever done anything in chemistry or or had the the science aspect, you know what a mole is? A mole is 6.02 times 10 to the 23rd. I've been 35, 36 years from memorizing that. That was when I was in 10th grade, but it sank deep within me and I've never forgotten it. Okay, let's have a little bit of fun. All right, we're going to play. We're going to play finished. Finish what I say. Amazing grace. How? Oh, you know that. You've heard amazing grace so many times. It's buried deep within you. Let's try something a little harder. Wise men say only fools fall in love, but I can't those who know that know the the song. It's it's within you. That's from Elvis like in the 50s. I wasn't even born in the 50s. I just made it into the 60s, but I mean, I wasn't born in the 50s. You know why you know that? Because you think about that. There's songs that you can say over and over because you've listened to them so many times. They have buried deep within your heart that they just naturally come up in your life. For God so loved the world that he... Yeah, see, we know John three sixteen because we've heard it over and over. But if that's all you know for life, you may be in trouble because you need to know more of the word of God to help you. Daniel 5, verse 25 says this, and this is the inscription that was written, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Parani. You thought, never heard that verse. It's in Daniel chapter 5. But here's what the word Tekel means. You've been weighed, you've been measured, you've been found wanting. Wait a minute, that's in the Bible? Yes. King Belshazzar, the king that had everything. When they weighed his life, they found out that he'd been measured, found wanting. What's going to change our life today as we have to pay attention to the Lord? We've got to listen carefully to what he has to say. We've got to memorize, and not only memorize, that thing's got to get deep within your heart. And when it gets deep within your heart, it'll change your life. And when it does that, here are the results that we're going to get. It's found in Proverbs 4, 22, and it says, let me, let me go back. Let me go back to John eight thirty-two. This is important. John eight thirty-two says, you shall know the truth, and it shall what? Set you free. Set you free. That word know, that word know is like the word eureka. In other words, when you know the truth, not this I've got it memorized, not that it's, it's ingrained here. When I know the truth, in when, when other words, when God's truth comes from here all the way into here and it's deep in my life, it'll set me free. But if it's only here and not here, it's not going to set me free. It's got to go deep within me to set me free. And when I finally allow the word of God to get deep within me to set me free, it will change my very life. And not only will it change my life, it's going to give me life. Look at verse 22 back in Proverbs real quick. It tells us when we do these things, notice it'll it'll bring life. So it's going to give you life. If you're struggling to find life, you're depressed, you're looking for something. When we pay attention to the Lord, when we listen to him, when we memorize his words and the words he's given to us, and we allow them to seek deep within our life and we start moving in them. Listen, it's not only going to find life, it's going to heal our whole body. I didn't say that. God's word did. But notice there is a key to that. And the key is found in the middle of that verse. that says to those who find them. You've got to find them. We, we've got to find that very thing. Jeremiah twenty-nine, thirteen says this. You will seek me. And you'll find me when you what? Search for me with all your heart. Church, that's the difference. Today, if your life is consumed, if your heart has been taken up by something else, other than the Lord Jesus Christ, today you can be set free. Today you can be set free. But what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to give your heart to the Lord. And I know that's difficult. And so somewhat in closing this morning, I want to share this with you. The reason that I am preaching this to you today is because I've lived this. I've been there. I've done that. I haven't always been honest with myself. How are you doing? I'm doing good when really I wasn't. I was under a lot of pressure. Under a lot of things. So do you know how I coped with my pressure? I drank Mountain Dew. And I ate food. Both of those are okay. Until you drink too much. And eat too much. How bad was it for me? I would get up in the morning drinking one. I'd go to bed drinking one. The way that I coped with pressures and stress and things in my life rather than giving him to the Lord and allowing him to soothe my soul and allowing him to calm my heart. I went to old Mountain Dew. And Mountain Dew was good for the moment until my endocrinologist kept telling me, you keep this up and you won't see your children grow old and get married. I ignored it, even though what it told me was I was going down a bad road in life. I ignored it. And then finally one day it was like the Lord, the truth, set me free. And three years ago, May, is the last time I've trust any sugar drink. I want to drink water now. But it was the truth that set me free. Now I'm still having pressure in my life. I'm still having to do things. And so... I'll eat a bag of potato chips at night, at 10 o'clock at night, trying to just stay up late, trying to figure out things, how to do things, work through it, rather than, I'm just confessing to you guys this morning, rather than praying and getting for the Lord and seeking Him earnestly and wholeheartedly, I'm like, I'll figure this out. Just give me my bag of potato chips and I'm going to be okay. Listen guys, it was so bad, I can almost eat a whole pint of ice cream by myself. And that is pathetic. And then last August... I found the truth and it set me free. Listen, I'm not on any diet plan, church. I've lost 40 pounds. I'm not dieting. I'm trusting the Lord. And I'm not allowing food to be my coping mechanism for the pressures and the stress in my life. I'm allowing the word of God to consume me, to, to encapsulate me so that I don't have to eat. There's nothing wrong with eating, nothing. But if you're eating to bring peace and happiness in your life. If you're drinking to drown your problems. If you're smoking to fit in. If you're smoking to cope with life. You've missed it. It's Jesus that's the answer. Not those things. And I just want to say I can testify. I was there. But I'm no longer because the word of the lord is in my heart and he gives me strength god's love is encapsulate me listen you no longer have to be trapped you no longer have to be addicted but what you have to understand this morning is is that you're going to have to take that area of your heart and your life and you're going to have to give it to the lord and you're going to say god i give it to you today i trust you god today i need deliverance god i've never given you my heart and life because my heart's been broken And I've never trusted anybody else. And maybe today you need to say, Jesus Christ, I need you to forgive me. I need you today to change me. God, today I need you to put people in my life to lead me in the right direction. Who has your heart? Who has your heart? God had most of my heart, but not all of it. I can say happily today, He has all of my heart. And I'm so glad because food no longer. Now, do I have to battle with it? Oh, you better believe it. It it just doesn't, it's not like it's wiped clean and I don't have to worry about it anymore. But let me tell you what, when I sit down to eat now, I don't sit down and go, well, this is what's going to satisfy me today to help me get through the stresses of life. No. I eat to be filled and then I go to the Lord. To be filled spiritually, to have the peace, to have the joy, to have the endurance to make it in life. If you're caught today, you don't have to be caught any longer. But what you do have to understand is that if you really believe the Word of God, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, then you can be free. But until you have that eureka, that Epiphany moment where you go, I've discovered today in the Word of God that what it says is true and it's going to change me. You'll never be. You'll always be trapped. So if something has your heart more than the Lord, I want to encourage you today to come forward and allow one of us to pray with you. Allow one of us to help you to take the very first step. Take that first step. I'm pro- I promise you. I speak from experience. Man, it's great. Man, it is so wonderful not to have something or someone other than Jesus Christ have to drive me and drill me and control me. He does it. And man, I am free. And you can be too if you'll simply listen carefully Pay attention, memorize the word, and let it get deep in your life. And when you do that, not only is he going to give you a new heart, he is going to guard your heart so your destination will be victorious and be heavenly, not depressing, destructive, and the wrong way. Pray with me. Just ask yourself this morning: Are you really free? You can be this morning. Church is honest. I know how. God's word will set you free, but you got to be willing to do that. You got to be willing to to confess. I need help. I need help. You got to be willing to confess to say I've I've made some wrong choices. I've made some some bad choices. You got to be willing to say, I'm ready. And when you tell the Lord you're ready. And you take that first step towards this altar. Maybe today to place your vape down here. Maybe today to just get rid of your, your drugs, your alcohol, your worry, your work, your sleep. I don't know what's controlling you, but here's what I do know. You can leave it at this altar today. and You can allow the Lord to do a mighty work in your life. Nothing has ever changed me like Jesus. And nothing will ever change you but Jesus. Today. This morning. Will you listen to that voice. The most wonderful voice in all of creation. Say come. And I will change your life. Or are you going to try to drown it out. And go away from this place unchanged. Today is your day. Today is the day that you can make Jesus the Lord of your life. And he'll not only save you, he'll change you. He'll make you a new creation. And you can walk out of this place a different person. Ready to love life and live life. Not suffer through it. Father, I ask, as you have been so good to me. To change me. That you will change us. Holy Spirit, I beg you that you will penetrate the hardest heart this morning and they will see there's healing in your word. They'll see that there's forgiveness in you. They'll see that there is light and life in your word and in your love. Holy Spirit today, change our very hearts so that we can leave a victorious creation I ask that, I plead that, in Jesus' name, amen.